If you believe it in this place, clap those hands and give Jesus some praise. Hallelujah. Are we on? Oh, hallelujah. Well, my voice was only a little bit rough. We just did eight days under the tent in Elizabeth City, North Carolina, and uh, the tent was packed out. And this, this new tent will sit up to about 2,000 people when all the middles are in. And uh, people are hungry for the move of God. And uh, I'll tell you this. We saw so many wonderful miracles take place in North Carolina. Uh, it was awesome to watch it take place because one night, deaf ear after deaf ear came open supernaturally. People that were either totally deaf Hard of hearing with hearing aids, could hardly hear anything. Others that have been starting to battle hardness of hearing, God opened one after another, every one of those ears. People were crying, people were shouting. One lady, she brought her grandson from three hours away, one-way drive, to come because he needed a miracle. And uh, he had, uh, when, when younger, had experienced a trauma, and it left him blind in one eye. And she had faith. She said, I'm bringing my grandson to the revival. I know the Lord's able to touch him. And he was probably, I would say, 20, 21 years old at the, now. And um, that night as the Holy Ghost began to move and her faith shot up. Everybody, you could feel the gift of faith just shoot up in, un, under the tent. And uh, when the prayer line was open, brought him forward. And uh, my father laid hands on him. And that eye that was blind since he was a boy instantly opened by the power of God. You talk about people getting excited. This dude took off running. His grandmother hit the ground. I mean, she was down just weeping and crying. He ran across the front, grabbed her up, and started just rocking her and hugging her as God opened his eyes supernaturally. That's stuff no man can do. Only Jesus can do those things. Can you say amen? We serve a God that can do and does do the impossible. Aren't you happy about it? The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20, now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly and above all that we could ask or think according to what? The power that works in us. Is anybody else thankful for the Holy Spirit? Amen. The power that works in us. And so we know that as we get closer to the final moments of time as Jesus is getting ready to come back again, that the enemy even can sense that the end is near. And you know, it's like when you back an, a scared animal into a corner and they begin to scratch and fight to do everything they can because they know that they're doomed. But let me tell you, the devil knows his day is coming. And you can look around this nation and other nations and see that he's kicking and scratching and trying to do everything that he can to destroy this generation before Jesus comes. But let me tell you the good news. As long as the body of Christ is on this earth, filled with the power of the Holy Ghost, then we can continue to declare, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. Do you believe that tonight? And so I'm stirred up. My faith is stirred up. I'm ready to see God do some wonderful things in our generation. Let me tell you, God's not done blessing America. I know you've heard some probably some doom and gloom on the social media and there's you know prophets that have prophesied America to hell and everything else and but I got news for you God's not done blessing America God's not done touching this nation in fact the best is still ahead of us it's not behind us 
You can look back through the Christian church's history in this nation and see revival after revival after revival. But we've not seen anything yet because God saves the best for last. I said he saves the best for last. And uh, I've got my faith set because one of the reasons that I I so strongly believe this. It's not just my opinion. I do base it on scriptural principle. And the scriptural principle is this, that of seed time and harvest. Did you know that God spoke in Genesis 8, verse 22, you know what he said? As long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest. So that means God operates on that principle of whatsoever one sows, that will they also reap. And so that doesn't mean just an offering in the offering plate. You know, when we were growing up, you know what they used to tell us? If you want to have friends, be friendly. Anybody ever heard that before? If you want to have friends, be, which, what are you doing? You're sowing friendliness into somebody's life. What's it going to do? Reap a harvest of friendship. You ever remember that we, we used to go over all the time the golden rule? Do unto others as you'd have them to what? Do unto you. What are you doing? You're sowing that into their life with an expectation to reap a harvest of what you sowed into them's coming back to you. And the Bible is very clear in Galatians chapter 6. It says, whatsoever a man sows. There's no farmer alive that goes out into their fields and sows, you know, a potato seed or whatever else and expects corn to come up. They're not blown away when they get out in the field and potatoes are growing. They say, where's the corn? There's no farmer in the world that does that. Why? Because even the natural realm, they understand that a seed reproduces after its own kind. I never have expected. You know, it's like <laughs> we've got the Swinnies here with us all the way, what, five and a half hours is about, about that long? To Guilford, is that about how, how long it takes to get there? Man, thank you for coming, by the way. Would you make them feel welcome driving all the way? Wow. That means a lot to me. Thank you for coming. I love you guys. And But, you know, with, with the cattle, you know, he's, I bet he's never been uh, surprised when, when it's time for a calf to come out. He's like, I can't believe it's not a horse. I thought, I thought for sure this one was going to be a horse. How, where, where are the giraffes at? I thought the giraffes were coming. It's giraffe season. Not Nobody's surprised when two dogs get together and have babies. Guess what? Dogs are coming out. You know why? Because a seed reproduces after its own kind. Whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. So that's why I've got a great faith that God's getting ready to do something in America that's going to be mind-blowing. You say, why do you believe that? Because for the last 200 years in this nation, this has been the country that has sent missionaries around the world to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, to bring the harvest of lost souls into the kingdom before time runs out. This has been the nation that has started revivals around the world. This is the nation that has helped the hurting around the world. You can't tell me that God's going to let us do all that work for the kingdom and then leave us out in the final moments of time. No, we've got a harvest coming to us. I said America's got a harvest coming to her, and it's a harvest of revival, and it's a harvest of breakthrough. It's a harvest of souls coming into the kingdom. If you thought it was good in the past, get ready for what God's going to do next because it's not going to be small.
You know why, why I know that? Our Bible tells us that God is a jealous God. That means that he wants all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. The Bible says he'll not share it with any man. He wants all the praise. Can you say amen? That means when he moves, he has to move in such a way that he's the only one that can get the credit for what takes place. Because if God moved and it was so insignificant that a man could take credit for it, he wouldn't get glory. And he's not going to move supernaturally in your life or in this nation and have it be so minuscule that everybody can just sweep it under the rug and atheists can call it a coincidence and people with an anti-Christ agenda can say, well, that's, that didn't really happen. No. When God gets ready to move, it'll be so big that it'll blow the minds of natural men that'll just sit back and all they'll be able to do is laugh as they see the goodness of God in manifestation. Let me encourage you, don't be discouraged. Don't be filled with fear or anxiety. Don't look at the headlines in the news and say, I'm not sure what's going to happen with our country. Don't believe what some of these people are spewing on the news. Get ready for a food shortage in the fall. I ain't ready for no food shortage. I declare we're going to have more than enough in Jesus' name. They're not shutting our pipelines down. They're not shutting our trucking industry down. In the name of Jesus, the people of God will have more than enough. If you believe it, shout amen. You ain't taking, you ain't taking the, our provision. The devil's not going to stop our blessing. He's not going to stop the mighty hand of God from moving in our families in Jesus' name. Let me tell you, when I, when I started listening to some of these antichrist bums and their, the stuff they had to say and the stuff they have to say on the news and the plans they're making overseas, some of y'all are familiar with the World Economic Forum in Switzerland and some of these antichrist agenda people, these globalists that have plans to destroy sovereign nations like the United States and Canada. Let me tell you, they've got an antichrist spirit with a plan to do what the devil wants done. Now, I started listening, and you know what I found out? Anytime the devil says he's going to do something or says you should do something, do the opposite and do as much of it as you can. I, I, I listen to them. Let me tell you, one of the things they said, they have something set up called Agenda 2030, and there's some things that they want to happen by the year 2030. One of the things that they actually released, the United Nations released this, that they want by the year 2030 people to not own anything but to lease everything and be happy not being owners of anything, including land, houses, cars, nothing. They don't want us to own anything. Another thing they said in that Agenda 2030 is that you won't eat beef anymore. It'll be a treat every once in a while, every once in a blue moon, but you won't eat beef anymore. And let me tell you, they're raising up these cricket farms and all this stuff. Buddy, I ain't eating no crickets. The devil tells me I can't have beef. I'm going to eat more beef than you've ever seen anybody eat beef in their whole life. By the Holy Ghost, I'm going to live with the meat for the rest of my life in Jesus' name. You're not taking our beef, you foul devil. <laughs> That's a demonic spirit. You won't eat any beef. You won't have any meat. The Bible even says in the last days, Paul prophesied this to Timothy. In the last days, there will be those that would rise up and say, you can't eat this and you shouldn't eat that. and you can't." He said, no, receive it all with thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Let me tell you, there's not going to be a shortage. There's enough resource. What do you think? God created this earth and was like, oh, man, I didn't realize we got into the 2000s and we've, I, I forgot to put resources on the earth for the 2000s. 
You think God's up in heaven you know, smacking himself? I can't believe it. I, I, I put enough resources in the earth for all the way up to 1999, and now they're running out of stuff. I can't believe I made such a mistake. No, no, no. The Bible declares that God not only created this earth, he called it good, and he said that seed time and harvest would not cease. Did you know that there is there are so many resources available in this earth, You, we can't run them out. We won't run them out. In fact, God has no run out in his nature. I said God has no run out in his nature. I don't need an electric car to save the planet. Are you hearing what I'm preaching tonight? I haven't even taken a text yet. I'm just being politically incorrect for a while. Huh? They tell everybody to buy, a, buy an electric car, and then they, now they're telling them in California you can't plug them in, though. Just don't plug them in. What was the point of buying the electric car in the first place? I'd like to explain to some of these folks, you know where you get the electricity to power your electric car? A coal power plant. It's called logical thinking. I know a lot of them don't have it anymore, but it's because they're deceived by an antichrist spirit putting up wind turbines and fields to generate more power, and they have to take power to run. I mean, people aren't thinking. I'll tell you, I figured out a plan to get the whole nation out of debt in one year. You know what it is? Just put Chick-fil-A in charge of all the debt. I pulled it. I pulled into a Chick-fil-A a couple months ago, and it was four lines wrapped around the building. I thought, my God, I'm going to be here for 45 minutes. They had me out with hot food in 11 and a half minutes. I said, put these people in charge of the national debt. They'll solve the whole thing. And there's people with an antichrist spirit who have a desire to oppress God's people and the people of this earth. Because, see, the devil is into manipulation and control. It's not that we're running out of resources. We're not running out of resources. See all these cattle dropping over dead in Kansas. Let me tell you something. It's hotter in South Florida than it is in Kansas City. And we ain't got cattle dropping over dead in the central Florida region of the cattle farms. Somebody's lying to somebody. Thanks for all the shouts. Somebody's lying to somebody. Don't everybody run around the church at the same time, but somebody's lying to somebody. And see, it's not about the fact that there's not enough. It's about the fact that they've got people with an antichrist spirit trying to hold back for the talk about of manipulation and control the things that are readily available to our nation. And you talk about you talk about uh, manipulation, and we got all these problems with other countries over oil. We haven't even tapped into our oil yet. Thanks a lot to every administration that refused to tap into our own oil to put us at the feet of those that want to destroy our nation. Amen. I'm pre this is gospel preaching. I'm just trying to give you some, this is just eschatology. I'm just giving, you in a, in a, just giving it to you in another flavor. Amen. But this is what you got going on. You have people with an antichrist spirit that want to control. See, anytime the devil and that spirit of antichrist rises up, what does it try to do? Control manipulate. That's what Jezebel wanted. She wanted to control it. If she couldn't control it, she wanted to kill it. Well, I'll kill the prophets then. If I can't control them, I'll kill them. Anytime the devil tries to rise up with that anti-God, anti-Christ spirit, it's manipulation and control. This is why I'm so thankful for the power of the Holy Ghost. Because the power of the Holy Ghost that's in you is so much greater than the spirit that's in this world. And when you read 1 John chapter 4, the actual context of that passage is spirits of anti-Christ that have gone out into the world. But he said, you, brethren, 
you've already overcome them. For greater is he that's in you, hallelujah, than he that's in the world. Oh, yeah. The greater one's on the inside of you. Those that are watching online should get ready to dance around their house because I feel victory here tonight because the devil's not going to stop what God has planned for this nation and other nations in these final moments of time. The devil doesn't have the authority or the strength to stop the plan of God in the earth, nor does he have the authority or strength to stop the body of Christ. I want you to declare this by faith tonight. I'm unstoppable. Say it like this, I'm uncursable. Oh, that's right. Devil can't even curse you. Because how can you curse what God's already blessed? <laughs> Glory. That ain't, that ain't even a New Testament thing. That was even in the Old Testament. Remember that wicked king uh, in the Old Testament? And he came up to the prophet Balaam. The king's name was Balak. And the prophet's name was Balaam. And he said, I want to pay you money. Because I've been wanting to destroy God's people, but I can't destroy them because the power of God. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to curse them so that I can then destroy them. He said, well, I don't know if you know how prophecy works, but i got to inquire of the Lord first. And so he goes to pray. And the Lord says, actually, I've inspected my people. I've not found any fault with them. And Balaam has to go back to that evil king and say, listen, here's what the Lord said. He said he's not found any fault with his people, and there's a shout of a king in their camp. And then he says this, and I cannot curse what God's already blessed. Hallelujah. I'll tell you, that principle was true in the Old Testament. How much more is it true in the New Testament now that every one of us sitting in this room has been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus? What devil is blessed? big enough to put a curse on your life? What demon is strong enough to cancel the blessing of God that is in your family? Hallelujah. If God has blessed you, no devil can curse you. If God has blessed you, no antichrist spirit can take you out. If you believe that, somebody clap your hands and give Jesus praise. Hallelujah. I mean, I feel like shouting tonight. Why? We're on the winning side. And we're not going to win. We've already won. Woo! Glory to God. I said, we're not going to win. We've already won. Jesus isn't going to say it is finished. He already said it is finished. And when he said it is finished, that means that every penalty that was hanging over your head from the curse of sin was broken. In fact, the Bible says in Colossians chapter 2 and verse number 15 that Christ canceled the penalty of your sin by nailing it to the cross of Calvary. And let me tell you, once he nailed that sin to the cross and declared it is finished, then the devil had no more hold over you and your family. Hallelujah. When you come into the body of Christ, the Bible says in Paul, he told the Roman church in Romans chapter 6 and verse 14, he said, now sin shall no longer have dominion over you. The devil doesn't have control of your family. Can you shout amen? And here's the good news. No matter what level of attack has come against you, it's not strong enough to destroy you. We were recently just preaching in, um, 
Indiana. We were in Crawfordsville, Indiana, and there was a experience, the revival. So kind. You know, she said, uh, I want the other people in the church to be able to experience the revival, so I'm going to work in the kids' class every single night and volunteer my time so that the other workers can be in the revival services. I mean, just a servant's heart. And, uh, but the thing was, she needed a miracle in her own body. So here's a woman who actually needs to be in the service to have hands laid upon her. She needed healing, but she said, you know what? I want others to be able to have that experience. I'll be faithful. I'll work for the, in the kids' class. And every night she was in there serving. And on the last night we said, you know what? We need to pray for her. Get her out of the kids' class and bring her into the sanctuary. And so in she came. And she gave us later uh, the testimony of what it was that she needed God to do for her. She said, you know, when I was born and I began to grow and mature, she said, when I hit the age of a toddler, one of my lungs stopped developing and stopped growing. She said, and it stayed toddler size my whole life. She said, once I hit the age of six years old, the other lung stopped growing. She said, so now I'm an adult, and I've had to live with a toddler-sized lung and a six-year-old size lung. And she said, it renders me uh, very susceptible to... Um, sicknesses, uh, respiratory illnesses, issues like that. She said, so doctors always have to keep an eye on me to make sure pneumonia is not set up and all these other things. And she said, it's been, a, it's been a, 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 a burden on my life. See, I want you to get this word in your spirit, oppressed. See, the devil likes to oppress people. That is why he came. He wants to oppress and that's why when Jesus came to this earth, he said this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Hallelujah. To set at liberty those that are oppressed. I read Acts 10, 38, and the Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all those who were what? Oppressed of the devil. Isn't that interesting when you read that passage that the devil's the one doing the oppressing and Jesus is the one doing the healing. Not every denomination believes that, you know. There's some that are teaching if you're sick, Jesus put it on you to test you, brother. Oh, Jesus, he's putting you through it so you'll be a stronger believer. And that's a lie from the pit of hell. You know how I know? Because the God we serve is not a child abuser. I said he's not a child abuser. If, the, way, the way some people preach about God, if, CP, if he was here on the earth, child protective services would take us away from him. They preach him as a child abuser. Well, brother, sometimes God will put cancer on you to test your faith. Sometimes he'll put those tumors in your body to see you lean more fully upon him. As if God needs to do that to show his power in your life, to, be a, to make it real in your life. God doesn't have to hurt you to bless you. God doesn't have to hurt you to teach you. Can I say this to you? And I want you to, if you're taking notes, put it down, but say it out loud. That God, he doesn't teach by destruction but he teaches by instruction. Hallelujah. Not destruction, instruction. He will speak to you from his word. He doesn't have to destroy your body or destroy your mind to bring you into a place of completion or even equip you for the work you've been called to do. 
Oh, yeah. There's people that believe, well, if I don't go through that, then I won't be able to minister to others that has that. Who's ever heard that before? Well, you know, he put me through this so that I could better minister to others who have had this same thing. Do you know Jesus never had any sicknesses? Not one. Do we think that he was ineffective in his ability to minister to those who did? There's nowhere that tells us Jesus had leprosy, but he cleansed the leper. He was never blind, but he opened the eyes of the blind. He was never demon-possessed, but he cast demons out. You don't have to go through what others have gone through in order to minister to those people. Thank you for shouting. Amen. I'm just encouraging you tonight because God's getting ready to do a mighty thing in America. He's getting ready to do a mighty thing in Montana, and we're going to be right in the middle of what God's doing in Jesus' name. I said we're going to be right in the middle of what God's doing. God's going to touch us in these churches. Let me tell you, God's going to hit these reservations, and God's going to touch the First Nations people. I'm going to tell you, there's a revival getting ready to hit. The devil hates people. That's why he tries to take them out with depression and suicide and anxiety attacks and cancer and all these issues that come against the body, the issues that come against families. The devil hates families. The devil hates fathers. That's why he tries to rip fathers out of the home. That's why he tries to rip children away from their parents and divide the family because the devil hates families. Say, why does the devil hate families? Because God created families to be strong and to raise up the next generation in the fire of the Holy Ghost. But the devil hates everything God has created. So he fights against it and tries to destroy and divide it. But he's got no power over us because we are filled with resurrection life. Can you say amen? And so this woman in the kids' class, she said, I'll be faithful. But we called her out on the last night, said, we want to lay hands on you. And I didn't even fully know then what she was going through. But I said, we're going to pray and believe God with you that healing is coming into your body in Jesus' name. Well, she lifted her hands, and we laid hands on her. Power of God hit that woman. Well, she sent us a message about a week later. She said, I just want you to know that I went back to my doctor because uh, he had to x-ray my lungs again, make sure there was no, or she, it was a female doctor, she had to x-ray my lungs again, make sure there was nothing setting up in my lungs, no respiratory issues. And she said when she came back into the room, she had her chart, and she was checking things off and looking through the papers, and she was irritated with me. And she, I said, what do you, what's the problem? She said, well, I can't see that you're on any of the medications you should be on after a lung transplant. She said, Doc, I haven't had a lung transplant. She said, don't tell me that. I've got the x-rays right here. you got two full-size adult lungs in your chest. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. She said, oh, yeah, about that. She said, I was at Revival at my church last week. Said that, prayed for me, and God put new lungs in my chest. She said, when I said that out loud, my doctor looked at the other lady in the room like, this lady's nuts. She's lost her mind. She said, but the other lady spoke up and said, no, that, God can do that. God's a miracle-working God. Hallelujah. And he is a miracle-working God. Now I want to encourage you tonight on this Friday night, no matter what the devil has sent against you, no matter what he's tried to use to destroy you, you've got a God who is greater than every foul attack of the devil. And the greater one lives on the inside of you. And greater is he that lives in you than he that's in this world.
I love what the Bible says, that the same spirit that raised Christ up from the dead dwells in you, and he is quickening your physical or mortal body. Can you shout amen? God will quicken your mortal body this week. Maybe you've been attacked in your physical body. There's an anointing that will quicken your body. That just means to strengthen, to stir up, to startle your physical body. Hallelujah. You don't have to get old and get weaker. You can get older and get stronger, just like Caleb did. Bible said he was 85, but he lifted up his voice and said, I'm stronger today than when I was 40. Glory to God. You know what he was saying? If these young people don't want to take the promised land, then put a sword in this 85-year-old hand because I'll go right into Canaan and I'll take these giants out by myself and show this younger generation what it is to fight by faith. And I'll tell you, God will strengthen you no matter what age you are. Don't make up your mind that you're going to get older and weaker and lose your vision and your heart's going to get weak and don't get older and think, well, I'm going to lose my mobility. Just lift your hands and begin to thank God that as I get older, my strength is getting greater. As I get older, the organs of my body are functioning as they're created to function. One thing I learned about God, see, because we know this, God's a manufacturer. He manufactured you. Glory to God. And did an amazing job. <laughs> Look at somebody next to you tell me he did an amazing job on me. Praise God. <laughs> yeah, he did an amazing job manufacturing you and your family. Well, one thing I've learned about any manufacturer, you know what I know about manufacturers? Every one of them has a parts department. Because there are parts that need to be replaced at some point. And let me tell you, just as much as God manufactured you, I guarantee you there's a parts department in heaven where if you need a new kidneys, you might need a new gallbladder, you might need new hearing, you know, you might need new auditory nerves, you might need new uh, 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 vision. Doesn't matter what you need, he's got a parts department. You might need a new heart. Glory to God. We were in a, a, a revival one time in New York State. I'm 180 pastor sitting on the front row. My uncle was preaching. And this pastor's a big man. He's like 6'6", 285 pounds, big old guy. And uh, everybody just had their hands up worshiping. And all of a sudden, with no warning, my uncle just comes right down off the platform, runs down, and just, boom, kicked him right in his chest. I mean, sent him over the seat into the second row. Kicked the fire out of him. <laughs> There was, there was a motivational speaker there who has kind of very, very good humor, you know, in his motivational speaking. And he was standing there, and he saw my uncle kick that pastor. He looked at him and said, kick him again. <laughs> and nobody understood why. My uncle kicked that man in his chest. And other than that, my uncle didn't know. He was just being led by the Holy Ghost. And nobody knew. And he didn't even reference it. He just kept on preaching. That'll make for an interesting service. <laughs> Kick a guy, knock him out into the second row, and just keep on preaching. That's a very angry preacher. I don't know what's going on with him. And that man came back, gave his testimony. He said, you know, this is so, this is so amazing. He said, because I didn't even share this with my wife because I didn't want her to worry about me. He said, but I went into the doctor, and he told me, Pastor, your heart's failing. You'll have to give up your church. You won't be able to preach. You won't be able to stand in the pulpit. He said, you're going to have to just retire early because your heart's given out on you. He said, I hadn't told a soul. And then all of a sudden, Pastor Terry came down, kicked me in my chest. 
He said, I went back to my doctor, and they did the x-rays, and they said, what has happened to you? He said, what do you mean? He said, well, look here, and pulled out the two sets of x-rays, said, look at this. It's not even the same heart that's in your chest that I x-rayed before. He said, this is a different heart. Let me tell you why. God's got a parts department in heaven, and whatever you might have need of, God is able to touch you by his power. Can you shout a loud amen? We serve a God that does the impossible. Hallelujah. And the Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. And he went about doing good and healing all. You know, we don't have one example in the scripture of someone coming to Jesus for healing. And he says, actually, I, I, I normally do heal. But for you, I, I can discern my father put this on you to teach you a lesson. Not one example of that nonsense. Because Jesus healed them all. I said, Jesus healed them all. And even in places like his own hometown, when he went into Nazareth in Mark chapter 6, and the Bible says he went there to do mighty works, but he could do no mighty works there, not because he didn't want to, and not because he wasn't anointed, but because of their unbelief, the Bible says. And he marveled at their unbelief. And what did he do? He went throughout their villages teaching and preaching. You know why? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And see, here's the truth of it, is that as we let the word of God drive us to be more like Christ, as we hear the word taught and preached, it drives unbelief out. It drives doubt out. And it builds faith in our hearts, builds faith in our spirit. And by that faith, we can take hold of the promises of God and say, let me tell you something. I don't care what the devil is using to attack my family. I'm going to reach out with hands of faith into the unseen realm and take what is not yet visible and pull it into the visible realm by my faith. If you believe that tonight, somebody clap your hands and give Jesus praise. Glory to God. Well, I've been looking for my Bible for 30 minutes and here I left it on this thing here. Praise God. So I guess we can start church now. And so <laughs> he said, how God, good thing I've hidden the word in my heart or we'd be out of luck. How God anointed Jesus with what? The Holy Ghost and with power. Glory to God. Now, now let me say this to you. The devil wants to oppress. That's what he's looking to do. That's what his, that's his mode of operation. He comes to oppress. I, I can't believe how many Christians have gone nutty with this thought process. But if you're a Christian, you can't be demon-possessed. Thanks for the shouts. You can't have a demon living in your body controlling you if the Holy Ghost is in there and the Holy Ghost seals every believer's salvation. So unless you believe that the devil or a demon can enter into you and evict the Holy Spirit from your body, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. So Christians, believers, they can't be demon-possessed. In fact, there's not one evidence of Scripture anywhere in the New Testament where a Christian was set free 
from a demon after the resurrection of Christ. Not one example of a Christian having a demon cast out of them or even being delivered from a demon. Not one example from the apostles, not one. Because once you're filled with the Holy Ghost, once you come into the kingdom of God, the Bible, and it's spoken about this way, the strong man lives in this home. And the Bible says if you want to rob from a strong man, first thing you got to do is bind him up. You've got to bind up the strong man before you can plunder his house and steal his goods. I don't know of any robbers that come and leave you a sticky note on your door to let you know when they're going to be back to take your flat screen. Hey, we're going to be back tonight with a truck about 3 a.m. If you could just be up, you know, I got a bad lower back. If you could help me get it into the truck. Really appreciate it. And there's a pawn shop downtown we're going to go to. If you could ride with us, we just need you to carry it in because I can't get it by myself. No, you'd be sitting there ready with your Benelli Supernova pump action shotgun. Hallelujah. Just saying that, I feel the Holy Ghost. I got a good woman sitting here on the front row. I had a, uh, she bought me a gift. I opened up the package. It was a Benelli Supernova 12 gauge pump action shotgun in camouflage. I said, that's a Holy Ghost gift right there. <laughs> Last thing somebody wants to hear when they've invaded your home is. I like talking about guns in churches and places in America where half the crowd doesn't already get not ready to walk out the door. Can't believe the preachers mentioned guns. <laughs> I don't know if Jesus would be for guns, brother. He told his disciples, sell what you have and buy swords. <laughs> there weren't a lot of gun shows back then. <laughs> says you got to bind up the strong man before you can steal from him. What devil is big enough to come inside you and bind up the Holy Ghost that is in you? In fact, even for the devil to be able to put the curse back on you, he'd have to travel into heaven, wrestle Jesus Christ off the throne, take the curse back from Jesus who took the curse off of you and became a curse for you. Hallelujah. For it is written, cursed is every man that hangs upon on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the righteous through faith. He would have to go into heaven and wrestle Jesus off the throne, take the curse back from him, that means win the fight, and come back down to this earth and put the curse back on you. But ain't no devil going to take Jesus out. Ain't no devil going to stop you. There's no demon spirit big enough to hinder your anointing or the call that's upon your life. You've got power over the devil. If you believe Believe that, shout amen. And see, the enemy wants to oppress. To, now, think about it this, this way. Now, Christians can be oppressed and Christians can be depressed, but that doesn't mean you're demon-possessed. just means the devil's fighting against you. And, the, and, and let me just say this to you because I truly believe it. Just like that story I just mentioned about Caleb where they went in to spy out the promised land and there were giants in the land. And they came back and 10 of them said, oh, they're too mighty for us. We can't overtake them. We were like grasshoppers in their sight and in our own sight. Joshua and Caleb said, no, no, no. We're well able to take the land. We're well able. Let's go at once and take it. Huh, that'll make you shout. He said, let's go right now and take it. We're well able. 
Think of, you know what that means? We're going, the giants, oh yeah, they're there, but they're like bread for us. You know what that means? We're going to eat them up. Their protection, he said, is removed from them. You know why? They're standing on my land. They are trespassing on God's property. And let me encourage you, every Christian has giants in their promised land because no devil wants you to receive your healing. No devil wants you to walk in peace. No devil wants you to walk in joy. No devil wants you to have a a good marriage. No devil wants your children to serve the Lord. No devil wants your grandkids to be on fire for the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues. But I'm going to tell you something. Though there are giants that would try to keep you out of what God said is yours, they are like bread for us. Their protection is removed from them. The devil's not going to take this next generation out. We're going to see our children and grandchildren come up in the fire of the Holy Ghost. Our children and grandchildren will be head and shoulders above the rest. They'll speak in tongues at the earliest possible age. They'll not be caught up in this gender dysphoria. They'll not be caught up in this spirit of perversion. They'll not be caught up in drug addiction or prescription medication addiction or alcoholism or nicotine addiction, pornography addiction. By the power of the Holy Ghost, our families will be free in the mighty name of Jesus. If you believe it tonight, give God a shout of praise. Glory to God. The revival is going to hit not just these churches, but the reservations are going to feel the power of God sweep through these places. Ha, we're going to see a breakthrough. I said, we're going to see a breakthrough. We're going to see a breakthrough. I said, we're going to see a breakthrough. I said, we're going to see a breakthrough in Jesus' mighty name. I've had enough of watching the devil harass God's people. I've had enough of watching the devil come against children and grandchildren, having them doubt who God created them to be and doubt their identity and doubt their sexual. That's not going to be our story in Jesus' name. We're going to see the truth of God's word prevail in our families, in our bodies, in our minds, and I refuse to let the devil have one inch. You know what's so important about knowing your property line, your boundaries of your property line, is because if you wanted to build a fence or keep trespassers off your property, you don't have a clear argument if you don't know where your property ends and theirs begins. You can sit there and debate it all day long. No, no, this is my land. No, no, it ain't your land. This is my land. But when you have a clear demarcation of where your property line ends, then you can clearly know I'll build a fence. I'll let people know, this is mine. I'll post no trespassing signs. This is our property. And if you come on my property, I have a legal right to drive you off of my property. And see, this is why the devil doesn't want God's people to know their rights in the word of God. Because if he can get us to be confused about what actually belongs to us, what is my territory? Where is my land? Where does it end? Does healing really belong to me? Does peace that passes all understanding really belong to me? Does overflowing joy really belong to me? Does freedom from addiction really belong to me? Does having a family that stays free from the spirit of this world and children that grow up in the, does that really belong to me? Is that a right for me as a believer? And the devil will tell you, no, you know, everybody goes through it and, you know, God still loves you, but don't expect to be free of the crises of this 
this world, everybody has to deal with something, and the devil will try to make us believe that it's not our right as believers to walk in these freedoms, and he'll try to get us to be confused about where our territory begins and ends, so that if he can get us confused, that means that when he comes in to try to take from us little by little the things God promised to us through Jesus, we just sit back and say, well, I don't think that was my property anyway. I I think that was his property all along. That's why we've got to know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I don't care how small the thing is that comes in to harass your life or family. You stand against it. You got to treat a cold the same way you treat cancer. You begin to get upset. You begin to get a fire in your spirit and declare, not in my house, devil. Not in this temple, devil. Not in my children, devil. Not in my finances, devil. Not in my mind, devil. I am free by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Somebody shout, free. I know, and you know what your territory is. I refuse to let the devil trespass on God's property because he has given you a double-barreled shotgun. It's called the Word and the Spirit. Two barrels that you're ready to unload on every devil that thinks he can set foot on your property. The Word and the Spirit. The Word of God goes forth and drives out every evil thing. The Bible says in Psalm 107 and verse 20, this is our ministry's theme scripture, he sent his word and it healed them and delivered them from all their His word. What did the sin, aren't you thankful for that? What did he do? He sent his word. He sent his word. What did the centurion say to Jesus? Speak the word only and my servant shall be made whole. Speak the word only. When that word goes out of your mouth, that's one side of that double-barreled shotgun. The word comes out. And when the word goes forth, it drives every demon back from your property, from your territory. But you know what you've also got? The Holy Ghost. And that Holy Ghost that's on the inside of you, it is resurrection power dwelling inside your physical body. Let me tell you, if it could raise a dead decomposing man from the the ground, what can it do to cancer cells? What can it do to glaucoma? What can it do to cataracts? What can it do to COPD? What can it do to hardness of hearing? If it could raise a dead man back to life, what can it do to COVID? 19. What can it do to monkeypox? What can it do to the attacks of the devil that are sweeping through this world? If it can raise the dead, there's nothing he cannot do. And that power is living in you. Living in you. Woo, I feel like running. Hallelujah. He's living in you. I said he's living in you. Woo, glory to God. He's living in you. The word and the spirit. Two unstoppable forces that you have access to. And if the devil thinks that he's going to stop you, he's got another thing coming. He's got two other things coming. The Word and the Spirit. The Word and the Spirit. And when you have an encounter with that harassment of the devil, let him feel the full force of the Word and the Spirit. And the Word and the Spirit. And let me tell you, the Bible declares they agree. They agree. 
the Word and the Spirit, they agree. That's why it was so powerful when Jesus sent his Word that it wasn't just the Word going forth. The Spirit went forth with the Word. You know what's, you know what's mind-blowing? And I'm going to pray for you in a moment. But this, this got me so stirred up. I was walking around my neighborhood, and the Lord spoke this to me. Got me so stirred up, I felt like dancing on my walk. But he said, you know, the Spirit of God, the, the Holy Spirit, was transferred into Adam when God did what? Blew his breath. <laughs> he formed Adam, but he was just a sandcastle man until God. <laughs> and when he blew his breath, that was the Holy Ghost. And then <sighs> man became a living being, <sighs> full, of, full of God's power. Can I tell you what's so awesome about that? Is that the breath of God that is in you is the Spirit of God. That's the Holy Ghost. Notice this, that Jesus, once he was resurrected, found, and what did he do? <laughs> Receive ye the Holy Ghost. And what did he do? <laughs> he breathed on them. The same thing God did when he brought Adam to natural life, Jesus did when he brought his disciples to new life. Uh, get this now. And here we are in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. And the first thing that happened was not that they spoke in tongues. And it was not that tongues of fire sat on their heads. And it was not that they had signs, wonders, and miracles. And it was not that they prophesied. But the first thing that happened when the day of Pentecost was fully come, that they were all in one place in one accord, was that they heard a sound from heaven, like a what? Rushing mighty, you know why? God was blowing his breath again, hallelujah, and the same Holy Ghost that got into Adam's body, and the same Holy Ghost that came into Christ's body, and the same Holy Ghost he blew on his disciples is the same Holy Ghost that he blew into that early church, and the Holy Ghost came down from heaven. It's the breath of God. Somebody shout the breath of God. So when you speak the word, and when Jesus spoke, it's not just words that came out, his breath came out. You know, it's impossible to speak without breathing, without releasing breath. That's why if you've ever been around somebody that just talks all the time, they got to keep taking breath because they can't keep talking, they keep talking. If you ever been around somebody, it's a chatterbox. That's how they are, and they got to keep talking. They got more things to say, and you got to hear this. Don't leave yet. I know. It's, I know. It's, I know. Pastor went long, and it's Sunday afternoon. You're trying to get back to your pot roast, but I got to tell you something. You haven't heard the end of what Jenny's been doing. I'm going to tell you something. She lives right across the street from me, and I'll tell you, she's been having men coming out of there all week long in pickup trucks. And I don't know. She claims to be a Christian, but I'm going to tell you something. I've seen some of these guys been hanging around her house, and I'm going to tell you something about these guys been coming in. They don't look Christian to me. I'm going to tell you. They'll just sit there and talk your ear off for about another 45 minutes. They don't even bother to take a breath mint after the church is over, and you're sitting there with nose hairs being singed off because they're close talkers, blowing the wrong kind of breath on you. <laughs> you know, after I've said that's crazy like four times, it's probably a sign to you to stop telling me the story. Wow, that's crazy. Man, that's crazy. Jenny's crazy. It's a sign to wrap it up. A pot roast is burning. <laughs> but you know what they're doing? they got to keep taking breaths. Why? Because the more you speak, the more breath is released. Breath is released. Breath is released. Take your hand, put it in front of your, your face, and say power. 
Do it. You feel that? Power. You feel that when you speak, the breath comes out. So it's not just that Jesus sent a word. It's that when he spoke, I don't care if it was at Lazarus' tomb. I don't care if it was to the centurion's servant. I don't care if it came to the woman whose daughter was vexed with a devil. I don't care who it was. When Jesus spoke, it wasn't just the word that came out. The breath of life that was in him also came out. Think about this. The power of God's spirit travels in the vehicle of his word. I'm going to say that again to get it into your spirit. The power of God's spirit travels in the vehicle of his word. That means when the centurion's servant needed a touch, Jesus spoke a word and the word went out. Hallelujah. And traveled right to where he was, put it in park, and the door opened out, stepped the power of the spirit. And when the power of the spirit stepped out of the vehicle of the word, that he was made whole from that same hour. What I came to encourage you about tonight is that no matter what you see going on in this, in you and the spirit of God is dwelling within you and the word of God is within you and there's not one weapon that's formed against you that can be allowed to prosper. If you believe it, shout amen. amen. Woo! Glory to God. I said glory to God. Somebody declare, I've got power over the devil. That's right. You've got power over the devil. Who does the devil think he's talking to? We know who we are in Christ. We know what dwells on the inside of us. We've got the ability to walk in total freedom. And I'm going to tell you, as I've been traveling, I've been watching. And over these last two years, the devil's been trying his hardest to oppress the people of God. And tonight, I'm getting ready to pray for you. And every one of you, you've been dealing with an attack of the devil against your life, your family. I'm going to pray tonight. Ask God. Let this be the night. Let this be the weekend that every attack returns to sender in Jesus' name. Every curse returns to sender. Who does the devil think he's messing with? We're the people of God. We're the children of God. We carry the authority of God. And everything that was a plan to hinder you, to harass you, to take your family out, it's coming to an end in Jesus' mighty name. I said it's coming to an end in Jesus' mighty name. Ha ha. Ha ha ha. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, I feel faith in this room that, that we're getting ready to hold in our hands testimonies of God's goodness. We're going to hold in our hands what God said belongs to us. Every foul devil that lied and said we weren't going to step into the promise has lost their mind because we will have what God said is ours in Jesus' name. If my sister would come back to the keyboard tonight, I'm getting ready to minister to you. But I'm telling you, I had to release this word. I felt in my spirit today, we are done with every oppression of the devil. I don't care what it is. Depression, it has to go. Anxiety, it has to go. Sickness, disease, it has to go. Attacks against families. Let me tell you, people have been battling across this nation. Attacks against their children, their grandchildren. Devil's trying to tear families apart. But we're standing against him tonight in Jesus' mighty name. He will not, we will, listen to me. We're not going to lose our families to the spirit of this world. Hear what I say. We're not going to lose our families to the spirit of this world in Jesus' name. We will have on fire, Holy Ghost filled. Speaking in tongues at the earliest possible age, children and grandchildren. 
I was up. My daughter that's been taking pictures tonight on the second row, I was just a little bit jealous that I didn't get to be the one that laid hands on her to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But she was in children's church at my uncle's church in West Virginia. And as they were in children's praise and worship service, here comes my praise and worship. Eight years old at the time, she was five, came across and laid hands on her in the middle of kids' praise and worship. Out goes my daughter under the power of God, speaking in tongues on the floor. Hallelujah. Let me tell you, that'll get you, as a dad, that'll get your heart stirred up. My own, I said, I wanted to be the one, but Lord, do it. Because our prayer, let them be filled at the earliest possible age. God was answering our prayers. Hallelujah. And our kids are going to receive the blessings of God. Can you say amen? Would you stand on your feet all over this church tonight and lift your hands to heaven? Because I'm believing with you that not one weapon formed against you can be allowed to prosper. Not one. Not one in Jesus' name. I said not one. He said the Spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to proclaim deliverance to the captives. <sighs> deliverance to the captives. Deliverance to the captives. That means the oppressed are going free. The oppressed are going free. <laughs> Somebody ought to begin to give him thanks ahead of time because freedom is ours in Jesus' name. Glory to God. Freedom is ours in Jesus' name. And I don't know what it is the devil thought he could use, but it will not stay in Jesus' name. It will not stay. Miracles are not just for others you hear stories about. They're for you. They're for your family. They're for your children. Amen. I'm going to stand with you in faith tonight and believe that everything that hung on you, I don't care if it's been hanging there for years, it's going to loose its grip and let you go. <laughs> said to the woman, book of Luke, how long has she been like this? 18 years. That's 18 years too long. The Bible said she was bowed over double and could not lift herself up. Imagine walking around like this every day. Going into, going into the grocery store. They don't have a cart that, that low. She had to live like that 18 years. The moment Jesus was made aware of it, what did he say? No, no, I'm not waiting until tomorrow to set her free. He said, this woman who had this daughter of Abraham, you know what he was saying? This woman who has covenant with my father, I can't leave her in this state another minute. Woo, glory to God. I want you to hear me tonight. Every one of you, you're believing for a breakthrough. The devil's tried to attack you or your family. I want you to get out of your seat and come to this altar. We're going to pray tonight. And I believe every chain is breaking in Jesus' name. Every attack is being lifted. Every burden has to loose its grip and let you go. So as they worship, if that's you and you're going to receive this prayer tonight, I want you to come to God's altar. Come on. Don't wait for somebody else. God's going to touch you tonight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. No weapon formed against you is going to prosper. Freedom is yours. You might be watching at home. Let me encourage you. Receive this prayer wherever you are. The same anointing is available to you right now. Glory to God. 
Lift your hands, if you would, all over this church. Lord, we thank you. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus. I tell you, every burden is being lifted tonight in Jesus' name. Every attack against your life and your family is being turned back and returned to sender in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And from this night forward, get ready for God to fill your mouth with laughter and your tongue with singing. For the heaviness that you felt, the attack that's tried to come and destroy your family, it is loosing its grip tonight in Jesus' mighty name. Fire of the Holy Ghost come upon him. Free in Jesus' name. Foul attack of the devil. Bless the children, Lord. Every child in Jesus' name will not be like others. Will not have the same crises in Jesus' mighty name. Now, fathers, we get ready to lay hands on your precious people tonight. I pray, touch every family. Touch every physical body. Touch every mind. We thank you, Lord, that tonight depression is losing its grip. Anxiety is losing its grip. Sickness has to go. We thank you, Lord, that tonight families are being restored. We thank you that tonight is a night of breakthrough. Addictions are being broken in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you for it. Tonight is our night in Jesus' mighty name. If you believe it, just lift your hands and begin to thank God. I'm going to lay my hands on you. Come on, let's worship the Lord.
Come on, lift those hands. Magnify the Lord. Jesus, we praise you. Ha, 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 ha. God. I want you to bow your heads all over this house. Is there anybody here tonight that you're not ready to see Jesus? If he came back tonight, would you be able to look him in the eye, call him Savior, and call him Lord? Or is there something in your life that's holding you back from serving God? Is there something holding you in bondage tonight? Don't leave this church without knowing that you're ready for heaven, that you're ready to see Jesus when he comes. He's calling out to you by the gospel. And tonight, if you're not sure whether you'd make heaven your home, don't leave this church without praying this prayer and knowing that you have eternal life. If you're here, you say, preacher, that's me. I need to pray that prayer. I need to know that I'm ready for heaven. I need my sins to be forgiven. If that's you and you're here, I want you to lift your hand, wave it at me. Let me see who you are. Yes, yes. Who else? Yes, sir. Who else? Yeah, come on, buddy. Come on down. Stand with these here at the altar. Who else? Don't miss your moment. If Jesus is calling you, speaking to you, tonight's the night for freedom. In Jesus' name. If that's you, let me see who you are. Wave it at me. Don't be ashamed of it. Jesus is calling. Jesus is calling. Praise the name that's above every other name. We're going to pray this prayer boldly. God's making all things new tonight by the power of Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus. Pray this boldly tonight. Say, Father, thank you for sending your son to die for me. And tonight I ask you, forgive me of my sin. Make me new. Give me power to live for you for the rest of my life until I die or until you come. From this night forward, I confess Jesus is Lord. I believe in my heart you raised him from the dead. I am a new creation. The old life is not allowed. Amen. Amen. Begun. In Jesus' name. Everybody shout aloud. Amen. 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 Brooklyn, come if you would. I want to give you this. I just, I recorded some things that I, I want to give to you. These are some uh, short videos, teachings that I put together that are free, but I want you to have them. It's a gift for me. And uh, on the light side of that card, the gray side, You'll see the website there at the bottom where you can access them on the other side there, right there at the bottom. We put them there so you can get them at your own leisure during your own free time, but it'll build your faith and it'll put you in position for what God's called you to do. Can you say amen? Let's all lift our hands and thank the Lord for his goodness. Thank the Lord for his mercy. Father, we give you honor and praise tonight for what you're doing, not only here, but in America. We thank you that the best days are ahead, that we're not moving into destruction, we're moving into the blessing of heaven, in Jesus' name. We thank you that our families will be abundantly blessed. We thank you, Lord, that you're moving supernaturally. If you believe that, somebody say amen. Paul, lift your hands. I see the fire of God on you tonight. Ha, ha, ha. Fresh anointing of the Holy Ghost coming upon you, a new strength, a new boldness, a new faith, a new fire. <laughs> I'll tell you, the last quarter of this year is going to be a glorious quarter for you and for your family. Get ready for God to make all things new in Jesus' name. Get ready for breakthroughs that you've been believing for to quickly come to pass. <laughs> Woo! Woo! 
You'll not cross over broken, says the Lord. You'll not cross over into the new year, but you'll cross over in rejoicing and in shouts of joy. You'll cross over in victory, says the Lord God Almighty. Get ready for the blessings that I have prepared and set aside for you. For no weapon formed against you or your family shall be allowed to prosper in Jesus' mighty name. We have a prayer cloth here. Uh, do you have a prayer cloth? I want a prayer cloth. Here's one. I'm laying my hands. Take hold of this with me. We're going to send this to your wife tonight by the power of the Holy Ghost. And I take authority over every attack of the devil that has tried to dis destroy her body and destroy her life. I rebuke it in Jesus' name. Command it to loose its grip. Let her go. Now I pray in Jesus' name that a new strength comes into her body and that every foreign thing the devil tries to use to destroy her, it has to go. It has to go. We thank you, Lord, that as your word declares, as Paul the apostle took handkerchiefs and aprons from his body and they were laid on those that were sick, they were made well. So, Lord, we set our faith. You'll do the same for us. We, Lord, we anoint this cloth tonight and let him take it. Let that same anointing that's here in this service get on our body tonight in Jesus' name. Make her whole by the power of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, every hand lifted. Father, we thank you. We give you honor. We give you praise for your goodness and your mercy. In Jesus' mighty name. If you believe it, somebody clap those hands and give Jesus glory. You can return to your seat. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Let me share something with you before we go. We're going to give you an opportunity in just a moment to sow a seed into this ministry. I got no sad stories to tell you. I can only tell you God is moving. He's blessing. And I'll tell you, the doors keep on opening. And do you know, I don't know if I had this full testimony to give you last time we were here, but the Lord opened the doors, and now we're preaching the gospel every week in over 180 nations of the world, and we're seeing souls come in and be saved every week. You know what's so powerful? Is that my phone will go off, because the way we've set it up, my phone will buzz and give me a notification. Every time somebody gets saved and gets set right into discipleship, it lets me know where in the world they watched, where they got saved, the town, the city, the time they got and prayed the prayer. I mean, it's supernatural. And they just opened the door now. And we're on a station now that goes into uh, Iraq and Iran, portions of China, Pakistan. And I'm telling you, people are seeing and hearing the gospel. All of India now. All of India is hearing the gospel. They said the only thing we're going to ask you is if you would please uh, just transcribe it in English over the top of the screen so that he said many people in India, they can't understand English, but they can read it. And they said if you'll put it on the screen, many people that are watching will be able to. And they tell us that at any given second of the program, there's over 2 million people watching in India alone. And so God is opening the doors. Things are expanding. And uh, I'm telling you, we are getting ready to make the biggest moves we've ever made for the kingdom. Even the place God blessed us with, the building, has grown too small. And so now we're getting ready to expand again. And God just keeps on doing it. And I'm going to tell you, we're going to go hard for souls before Jesus comes. Because time is truly running out. Here's what I love about the way God set it up. Is that we can do that as the family of God. You know, as you're sowing seeds, isn't it awesome? You get to sow into sending the gospel into these nations. But at the same time, God said, I'll bless you for the seeds you sow. I will make sure that I multiply the seed and bring it back to you as a harvest. 
And the Bible says, and I, I referenced it earlier tonight from Galatians chapter 6, whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. You know what I like about that? God doesn't care what age you are. His principles work at any age. And I found this out this, this year. My daughter Brooklyn, stand up Brooklyn. Come here and show them how pretty you are. This is my daughter Brooklyn. Eight years old and so beautiful. And uh, she's my girl. And one night, think about how awesome this is. I was preaching in Massachusetts this year. And all of a sudden, in the middle of the message, it wasn't the altar call, in the middle of the message, children, all at the same time, children started standing up in the sanctuary. About 30, 40 of them just stood up. They felt the power of God. And while I'm preaching my message, they got out of their seats and came over to the side of the sanctuary and formed their own. They formed their own prayer line. They all got in line. They were looking to see if is the line formed yet. And when it was nice and formed, they lifted their hands and started coming through the line by themselves. And I said, well, I'm not going to preach through this. I'm going to minister to these kids. And so I just started laying hands on the children. And one by one, they started going out under the power. Eight years old. One by one, they started speaking in tongues. I'm talking five years old, four years old, six years old, eight years old, feeling the call of the Holy Spirit. One by one going out, speaking in tongues. Some of them laughing in the Holy Ghost. Some of them crying, weeping under the power of God. Getting a touch. One of those girls was my daughter, Brooklyn. And I'm watching, and she goes out under the power. And you know, I don't know if you've ever had this happen to you, but she's laugh crying at the same time. <laughs> and she's just back and forth. Power of God's hitting her. She didn't know whether to laugh or to cry. And I've been there myself. Amen. And she's just getting blessed. Now, this touched me because no one told her to do this, but she gets up off the floor, still laugh crying. <laughs> she goes back to her seat. And think of the, the response of a child's heart. First thing she felt to do, she went and got her purse, and she opened it up. Nobody was taking an offering, but she opened her pocketbook, and she went and got an envelope out of the back of the chair. She, her first response, I'm going to give God an offering. And she pulled out, and my wife told me this later. I would have thought maybe she pulled out you know, a couple bucks, five dollars. My wife said, no, she pulled out $232 and change. I said, we're going to be doing an audit when we get home to figure out where this money is coming from. I don't know if she's got a business on the side or what's going on. <laughs> but I don't know what's going on, but I hear, sometimes I'll hear her up in her room with the radio on screaming, come on, lucky number seven. I don't know what that is, but <laughs> Seattle Slew. Anyway, so she goes and she takes that, seals it up in the envelope. She takes it down, still laughing. <laughs> and she sows that seed. That's all the money she had in her purse. Sows it into the offering. And, you know, when you're a dad and you hear that, you're like, oh, I want, I want to bless her right now because I want her to know that God blesses you for sowing like that. You know, I, mom and dad both feel that way. I want to give her a harvest right now for just stepping out in faith. And the Lord checked our spirit and said, don't do it. Let me do it. He said, let me do it. See, this is a testimony of an eight-year-old girl. So we come to a revival again the next night. And do you know, a lady comes up to her and says, Brooklyn, my husband and I felt to bless you. And she said, I was going to do one thing to bless you, but my husband said, no, double it. So we doubled it, Brooklyn, and gave her an envelope. Give her an envelope. I'm talking like an envelope, like they were paying their bookie back, like an envelope. Hands it to her. I didn't know this. She had it in her backpack the whole night. I'm thinking, we should have told a parent. So we get back. She said, they said not to open it till I get with mommy and daddy. I said, do you want daddy help you count that? And we got back to the hotel. She said, yeah. So I opened the envelope. 
I pull out her blessing from the seed she sowed. I said, all right, let's count it. 20, 40, 60, 80, 100. 20, 40, 60, 80, 200. 200, 300, 400. At the time I'm done counting, they had given her $1,000 in an envelope. Let me tell you, by the, as we're counting, she's getting more excited. Yes, yes. She's over there shouting and dancing on the side of the hotel room. And then all of a sudden we said 1,000. She's just breaking out in a shout. All of a sudden, Teddy hears it. He said, what? And he starts yelling and running around the room. He's shouting, my sister's rich. And then his faith popped out, and he said, she's going to buy me a PS5. <laughs> yeah. And I thought to myself, I'm so glad that the Lord checked my spirit and said, let me provide the harvest. See, and he said, I'm going to do it in a supernatural way that nobody can explain. I still to this day don't know who it was that gave her that envelope, but I can tell you this, that she found out at eight years old that you can't beat God giving. She found out that whatsoever a man sows, that will he also reap. She found out if you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly, but if you sow bountifully, hallelujah, you reap bountifully. I'm going to tell you, God doesn't care what age you are, doesn't care what you grew up in, doesn't care what your story is. He's just looking for faithfulness and obedience. And when we step out in faithfulness, let me ask you this. How many are believing for a financial breakthrough? How many are believing that before this year comes to an end, that there's a financial breakthrough coming into your hand? Well, that's what I'm believing as well for you. I want to see you abound. We're not, as I said tonight, we're not going to fall prey to this antichrist system. We're not going to get into a place of lack. We're not getting into a place of shortage. That's not our story in Jesus' name. God's people are called to walk in more than enough. Somebody shout more than enough. Abundance is our story in Jesus' name. So would you bow your head all over this church? Father, would you speak to every one of us? Give us an instruction tonight. What is it that you'd have us to do that by faith we would obey and it would bring the harvest in that you want to send us. Lord, we ask you to give us that leading in our spirit so that as we obey, we thank you that your word declares that you're the Lord our God that teaches us to profit and leads us in the way we should go. And so tonight as we obey your voice, we thank you that we're getting ready to step into overflow. As we come toward the final quarter of this year, we expect that acceleration. Lord, let it be like an on-ramp to the interstate, that we pick up speed and pick up speed until we hit 2023. And I thank you, Lord, by the time we get into January 1st, we'll already be running in full momentum in the Holy Ghost in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, I ask you for your people, let this be a year of debt cancellation. Let credit card debts be canceled. Let cars, their payments be canceled. Let the homes, mortgages be paid off. Let this be a year that medical debts, medical bills, student loan debts cancel by the power of the Holy Ghost. Let this be a year of breakthrough financially for your faithful, obedient people. And then let us build abundance to be a blessing in the kingdom in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you and we give you praise. If you believe it, shout aloud, amen. Amen. Pastor? I love my friend Teddy. I do got a bone to pick with him, though. Yeah, it's not a doctrinal thing. It's a lifestyle thing. Because, you know, I go out to eat with this man, and he will arm wrestle you for the check. He's bigger than me. I don't stand a chance. And then he fights with the waitress. He demands to be able to pay. I, I, I have to tell you, I've been with a lot of generous people. I don't know that I've ever met someone quite as generous as Ted and Carolyn. 
I'm telling you. Now, I love what I read today in Isaiah, Isaiah 32. A generous man devises generous things, and by his generosity, he shall stand. And when I'm around Ted, I, I just can't help it. It's fun to give to him. It's so fun. I mean, I feel like I'm sowing into generosity and watching God bless him. And we had the greatest offering the last time he was here. I believe in God to even exceed that in shorter amounts of time. Because I've seen how God does things. He multiplies things. So if you'd stand up with us, there's an offering box there in the back. You can make a check out to Bethany Church. Or if you're giving online, bethanyblings.com. Or if you've got straight cash, you can put it in the offering box in the back and deposit it. You can mark Ted on there, Revival Nights. But I do want to bless him. Uh, it's a wonderful thing to be able to give to the man of God. Now, we're going tomorrow night at 6.30 on a Saturday night. I'm looking forward to it. And then Sunday, we're going two services, 10 a.m., 6.30. And I know God is going to bless it. I'm so looking forward to it. I'm eager. I just enjoy 